Welcome to Creative Career Thinking, a space to think creatively about our careers. This is an inclusive space meant to empower your professional life and unlock your potential. And maybe it might also save you from one or two struggles navigating the corporate world. everyone. Welcome to today's uh, episode. I'm very excited because I'm bringing you a star guest, the one that I spoke to you about on my last episode. Maria, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We are super excited. I already told everyone that uh, we were going to hear about your story today. And I was telling everyone how proud and how amazing has been to (laughs) witness your journey. Um, just for the audience to remember, Maria is working in the finance industry uh, currently, and she's based in Miami, Florida. And recently, she's been awarded with one of the best uh, financial advisors to watch out for in the country in the 40 under 40 list in investment news. Such a big accomplishment. Congratulations, Maria. Thank you. It has been a long way. (laughs) Oh, yes. And this is the first question that I'm going to ask you today. So, you know, I want the audience to learn um, about your beginnings. And I was telling everyone, too, that even though you are now being publicly recognized and it's such an amazing accomplishment, but sometimes, right, people attribute success to only when you make it an in front of a public, right? And you get this like public recognition and then it's when success flourishes, right? And I was making the reflection that since I've known you from day one, to me, you always have been successful from day one. It doesn't matter, (laughs) right? Uh, What um, least rankings because the things that you have accomplished all along with or without public recognition is a thing. So tell everyone a little bit of your story please, how you started here in the U.S. So, you know, I'll come back a little bit before that, when I was back in Spain. So, like you, I was born and raised in Spain in a very humble family. So, when I was 25, I decided to come to the U.S. And it was a big adventure to come here, obviously, like you can imagine. But for, I'm not going to get into the details, but I ended up in 25, I was coming to the U.S. <clears throat> and I came as a no pair, which is similar to a nanny, a living nanny. So taking care of a family, I was supposed to be here for one year with an exchange visa. I go to college and, you know, I, I do some classes and I live with an American family and then I was supposed to come back to Spain and that never happened. So I ended up meeting someone, I ended up marrying that person, and I ended up staying in the U.S. And that is when I launched my career in the U.S. I had my degrees from Spain, and I worked in banking and in finance in Spain, and then I had to start all over here in, in the U.S. So that's when my journey started. It was hard to actually get started to, for, to find someone to give you the opportunity when you have a strong accent when you don't have any experience in the U.S., when you do not have your education in the U.S., that was a very hard part, to actually get, get someone to give you the opportunity. That was, just itself was a big adventure. Yes, indeed. And yes, um, sometimes it's hard to find the opportunity and sometimes nobody gives you opportunities and sometimes when we find them, then we don't have the best experiences or we face another 
set of challenges like for instance I will always remember this one time that you called me I remember I was in a walk with Milo I remember exactly that moment because I just felt so shocked and you were calling me to ask for for my thoughts on taking a a class to remove your accent because I believe your employer had some concerns about it because it was too strong and I and I heard, I heard that and it hurt my stomach. It was like a punch in my stomach, like if somebody would just have told me that. And I thought that was completely insane. So that just speaks to one of many challenges that, that um, you have overcome until you were able to position yourself as, a, as an expert here in a new country in your field. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you got to that point from uh, starting from scratch in your sector and having to go through all the right new learnings, new law, um, and at the end of the day, how you kept advancing uh, facing all those challenges. Yeah. Um, I have to say a lot of hard work, obviously, um, a lot of hours and always being the first, you know, when I first started with the very first company that gave me an opportunity was a national brokerage firm. And I was so grateful that they gave me the opportunity that I was always the one raising the hand if something needed to happen. We need someone to work overtime because this needs to be done. I was the one doing it. Uh, I need someone to figure it out this project that we have never done. I was the one doing it. So that actually helped me. It grew. I grew fast within that company because of that. So I, I just work hard and I work overtime and I did what nobody wanted to do. And it, I remember I first started with a three months contract and. I just started working and I was already thinking, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Because I didn't have the privilege to be unemployed, right? And at the end of the three months, they offered me a permanent contract. And then I was five years in that company. And on those five years, I got many of the licenses that I, that I acquired to keep doing my job and to keep growing because I had to be registered. And during those five years, I learned a lot about the industry, things I didn't know because you just don't know what you don't know. And how finances, I mean personal finance, how personal finance work in the U.S. is very different than how it works in Spain and in Europe in general. So I had to learn everything in the spot, basically. Everything was happening, everything, I was finding things out. I was self-taught many things. Um, so... I got all my licenses. I made it to a throughout the years. I made it to financial consultant mm-hmm. to be actually in front of clients. So mm-hmm. for many years, I was in the in the back, right? I was doing all the uh, I was doing the compliance. I was doing operations, and but my what I was passionate about was actually doing financial advice to people. And throughout the years, I got my licenses, and I finally ended up in a spot where they offered me a job and that's how I made it to LA from San Diego was to get um, a, in a position in as a financial consultant in one of the branches in, in front of people and I was doing that job for two years and, and I didn't like it much because I was not doing fully financial planning mm-hmm. the, as much as I have done it the last five years so after that I transitioned to the company where I'm at now that I've been almost five years there and the final a, a 
license that I got is the CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner. Uh-huh. And that is the highest industry, you know, the highest uh, certification that you can get, right? It, it took me two years in, a, in UCI. In, I had to take two years of classes. I had to find uh, to, to pass a very rigorous exam that was seven hours exam. So that gave me, you know, that, that gives you a little bit of um, credibility within the industry and within clients too, because you have to acquire too many to studies, to learn all the technical knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. So that was one of the things that helped me out grow because after I got that certification, I was seen with different eyes. Now I'm a serious financial advisor. And those last four and a half years, almost five that I've been with this company, I have done deep dive financial planning. So how I position myself was a licenses, a, a lot of learning and self-learning and a lot of, and learn a lot in the job too with people from my discovering company that I'm, I'm with. Um, but I do have a great technical knowledge. So I'm current with what's happening mm-hmm. every day in the country, in the, with the economy, I'm carrying with the laws because the laws changes and that is gonna affect my clients tax-wise, state-wise. And the, if the laws change it, it's gonna affect my clients, how much taxes they pay, eh, what is gonna, right. f- how it's gonna affect when they die, mm-hmm. wh- all of that affects my clients. So I'm very carrying with that. So many financial advisors, they do, and this is not me teaching other, other professionals, but many financial advisors, they do say they do financial planning, but they really don't. They do very basic level. Mm-hmm. So how I position myself is expertise, very deep dive knowledge of what I'm doing and a lot of credibility. My clients have been with me for years and yeah. I'm pretty sure they are not gonna leave me because they really trust what I'm doing. That's amazing. And you got all the way here and everybody should know that all of this happened with without you drinking coffee while you were <laughs> juggling work and uh, studying <laughs> through, throughout the process. I still don't know how you could push it through without the coffee. <laughs> I do tea, so <laughs> that helps. That helps. <laughs> and Maria, you mentioned that in one of your first employers, the first months you were under a contract and I wanted to go back to that because uh, one of the things that I uh, that people freak People frequently ask me too, as it relates to start from scratch somewhere and how difficult it is to get to, a, to get to a corporation. I always reinforce or bring up the idea of have you tried to find job through an agency, through a temporary agency, because sometimes they are underestimated. And the fact that it also helps you to get your feet into the door of a company when um, you were looking for that opportunity or that full-time opportunity help you and you were on a, on a contract for two months. In my case, I spent the first few years from one contract to the other in temp agencies, but that set me the ground to be able to get uh, from you know one gig to the other and each one was a little bit better as you were building that trust. So it was an amazing experience. I also was able to see different types of companies, roles, things that I liked that maybe I didn't like as much in a short amount of time. So it's very versatile. So um, for you, how was your experience on that? Do you agree that that was like a, a door or something that helped get you in that company? How do you perceive your work with the temp agency? Uh, I agree that it was a good, um, it was a good start. 
So, because I, I do think that all what you need is to get your foot on the door. Mm-hmm. And then, now that's your opportunity mm-hmm. to, to prove yourself. Because at the end of the day, it is true, they don't know you, you're new, you don't have credibility still, you don't have experience here. Mm-hmm. Now, that's your chance to prove yourself. That's your chance to show them who you are and what you can do. So for me, I took those three months really serious. So I, I was there for three months. My ex, my contract was supposed to expire at three months and all what I did was work hard. Uh, everything that was coming to my plate, I was doing my best. And that actually helped me because at the end of the three months, they didn't give me another contract. The company actually hired me indefinitely. So yeah. I, all what I needed was an opportunity to show what I can do. Yeah, and it definitely worked out. Maybe we could add a caveat here uh, for people to know that even though it required so much hard work, it doesn't come for free. So definitely we can say that our mental health took a toll and now we're a little bit messed up. So if you're planning to do that, knowing that it doesn't come for free. (laughs) Okay, but now putting the the kind of a joke aside, I'd like to talk about mental health too. in this podcast when we talk about careers because usually this is something treated as detached when it's something that should be very incorporated Mm -hmm. to the professional experience of people and one of the major guidance that we should use to know how we are doing to assess how we are doing and where we want to move so in uh, and this may be helpful maybe for other expats that are listening and um what does it come to your mind when you think about mental health? What is it within the process maybe that you think that you struggle the most um, on managing that? Mm, you know, I think I didn't, uh, I do think it's very important to take care of yourself. And I do think that I didn't, um, I didn't even consider that as an option for many years because I lived in a survival mode. And when you live in a survival mode, you do not have an opportunity to check on yourself. You're just fighting and you're just surviving and you're trying to come up for breath and just keep going, right? And it's after you settle and the dust settle and then, you know, like you start getting in a better position and you start mm-hmm. being in a better financial situation. That's when actually you start thinking about all the years you haven't taken care of yourself, right? So. In my case, I found certain things, you know, that I had to work on and certain things that it was working out for me. So it is important to check on yourself. It is important that you take good care of yourself and that you find whatever works for you. Meditation, yoga, exercise, whatever that is that is going to help you to be in a good mental health. And also check on how you allow other people to treat you because that affects your mental health. And sometimes when you are in a survival mode some people see it and some people take advantage of it and you just have to for a period of time you feel like you have to stand there because you don't have any other choice and any other options yeah so taking care of yourself making sure that the people around you you know are good people too not people that are going to take advantage of you is important too yes yes definitely this is something that um sadly many times is learned the hard way but the more stories we share and the more we communicate with each other I feel like we will create more awareness Mm -hmm. of the importance impact of that and maybe give more resources to people to manage those kinds of 
situations. Mm-hmm. And we will dig deeper into mental health in other episodes, although you know we try to always integrate this topic in most of the episodes. But I wanted to ask you um, something that I'm not sure if it's because I'm an expert, but people usually get very curious um, in conference or workshops when I go to speak or like to students, they always ask me about, about how really, how to network and not just how to network, but they are curious of how I got handed those opportunities, right? Uh, when you're, when we're starting from scratch, is it, is it really working? Does it really work if you know no one and you don't have mentors, you don't have anything? And my answer is yes, because in my case, from my experience, I have not been lucky in terms of finding mentors or I didn't have any network. So all the opportunities that I got literally were from like traditional challenge, cha- um, traditional channels of applications and sites. So I'm curious about your story too, uh, for other people to have a reference uh, as of how critical for you when you started was to have or not have a network and how you got into those opportunities and any thoughts that you had on that. Uh, I do think network is important. Uh, I don't think it's gonna, everything's gonna depend on your network. So you and I are proof that you can start without having a network. You and I came here with nothing, knowing nobody, no mentor, no network, and we did it. And we got opportunities and we worked through it. So you can do it. Just because you're here and you don't know anybody, doesn't mean that you're not gonna make it or nobody's gonna give you an opportunity. It is a harder way, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's possible and it's doable. Yes. I do think that network is important. So, you know, once you're settled, and once you have some time, start networking is important. I do a lot of networking right now. Mm-hmm. I do know a lot of people. And obviously that opens doors for you because now people see you, are, they see you, they get to know you and warm introductions for getting new clients is important for me, right? Like all my clients come through referrals from yes. other professionals and job opportunities and things like that. You know, that I have people who are interested in me working for them, right? So. Network is very important, but I don't think you, you're not going to be able to make it because you don't have that right now. You can have the opportunities and then you can work on those later. Yeah, mm. I agree. Something definitely that you can build into. And if you don't have it, if there is anybody that's listening right now or they don't have it, um, I would say that it's not necessary to panic. <laughs> right because there is still ways it's still possible and this is a topic that I always like to ask guests and I'm very passionate about and it's an extensive one there is a lot of perspectives and ways to look into networking and different ways to do it depending on the purpose for what you are doing networking so um something maybe to mention mm-hmm. um LinkedIn is very important Yes. So LinkedIn, you know, you don't have to have a bunch of contacts in LinkedIn, but I actually have been contacted many times in LinkedIn by recruiters. And I know very good friends of mine that has gone, they have gotten their jobs through LinkedIn. So you don't have to have a big network, but you have to show yourself well. So if you know who you are, if you know what you're doing, just set up a good profile, be clear yes. about who you are, and recruiters find people in LinkedIn all the time. 
Yes, yes, I agree. Still stands one of my number one favorite platforms for job seeking and professional career networking, you name it. It's really good. Agree. And I think that what you are saying is key to have just a good, like a strong presentation, Mm -hmm. strong branding for yourself. And that all your platforms are well aligned and put some work into that. Agree. All right, we're going to let Maria go because we're actually recording this podcast uh, midnight Saturday talking about hustling. (laughs) Uh, But Maria will be back with us very soon. We'll talk about more topics and then get into details about maybe more financial tips and advice, especially those with limited resources that that are starting from scratch, which I think it might be helpful about things that we can share in case that sparks other ideas for others. Uh, there is a lot we can talk about, uh, about managing the most difficult bosses that you could ever encounter in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we know a little bit about that. <laughs> it's a lot to uncover, but We enough. need a few episodes for that one. <laughs> yeah, let's let Maria get some sleep. Uh, I'm not going to be that selfish. Uh, so, yeah, I'll let her sleep like five hours. <laughs> well, thank you, Maria, so much. It has been a pleasure. And thanks, everyone.